You're welcome again to Faith and Living with Rizwan. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit hyper today. Yeah, um, for those of you who listened to the podcast the last time, I hope you enjoyed it. You got a grip of all the message I was trying to pass across and you got to understand, I mean, what the Bible is all about, what bring who, I mean, the books that make up the Bible, how the Bible came to be. These were the things we discussed in the last podcast. And for those of you who send feedback, I really appreciate that. And those of you who took time to listen, I'm really, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure that this journey that we're beginning is going to be an awesome one. So yeah, I'm continuing the series. I don't know how long we're going to spend on this series, but I feel like this series is actually quite important. So uh, last podcast, we talked about how the Bible is divided into two. We have the Old and the New Testament. And I said, I'm going to talk about what Testaments mean. And then I talked about the different uh, sections in the Old Testament, the Torah, the Nevi'im and the Ketuvim. And then I talked about the New Testament. I had the Gospels, the Epistles, the Book of Acts and Revelation. So we have all that and all that has already been um, settled. And I also told you about translations. I mean, different types of translations, the dynamic equivalence, the literal translation, and then also the Ah, there's this third one I actually mentioned. I cannot remember. Wow, how did that leave my mind? But anyways, there were three translations, I um, types of translations that I gave. And yeah, so um, now that we've talked about that, and I told you the ones that I prefer most. So for the sake of continuing podcast, I'm going to be switching from um, new international version, that is the NIV, KJV, and the NLT yeah those are the three translations that i usually um i mean um, that i usually switch between whenever i'm studying so uh, this is what i'm going to be using so whatever i quote from i'm going to let you know that this is niv or i'm going to let you know this is kjv or i'm going to let you know if it is an lt yeah i'll do that so cool um i hope you enjoyed it and now we're going to start a new ride now this is going to go into proper how to study your bible and i'm hoping that um, by the time we're done with this particular series, it's going to be, I mean, a lot more beneficial for you. And when, by the time you open your Bible, it's not going to be boring anymore. So yeah, for those of you who like to study, I mean, some of you buy just one Bible, I mean, with one translation, which is cool. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, if you're... I believe if you're just a new believer and then you have just one particular Bible that you read, it's awesome. I mean, it gives you a good understanding. So when you pick one translation, whichever one it is, it's cool for you. So that's nice. Huh? But I would suggest that as you continue to grow in Christianity or as you continue to, I mean, your understanding of the Bible becomes deepened, I would suggest that you get different translations no 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 slow down i'm not saying buy different bibles with different translations so you're going to have four or five big bibles in your house no 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 that's not what i mean but today technology makes things a whole lot easier and a whole lot better so you could just get some applications on your mobile phone so for me on my mobile phone i use an android app there's this um particular um there's this particular Bible app called Open Bibles. I found it on Android and it's really, really awesome. Open Bibles is really, really awesome. When you just go on the Play Store and you search for Open Bible, you can download up to 10 translations. Yeah, up to 10 or more translations with the Open Bible app. 
and then you can have comparison. I mean, you can you could split your screen in two. So at the top you have one translation, at the bottom you have another translation. So whenever I go out and I do not have my um, laptop with me, I use mostly the Open Bible to study or if I want to preach most times, I use what I want to teach. I also use the open Bible. So I'll suggest that you do that. But if you have a laptop and you want to study at home, I will suggest eSword. I have been using eSword. I'm not saying this is the best out there, but I have eSword and it has really, really been awesome for me. eSword. You can go online on, the, on Google and just search it. You will find it's for free. Yeah, it's free. You just you can download it for free. If you want to donate to the company, you can do it. Sorry, to the organization, you can do that. eSword has over 75 translations of the Bible, over 75. Now, you can see all these translations at once and you can read them parallel. Now, that's my home study Bible. So when I sit at home and I'm with my laptop, I have all these translations. So when I read one part or I read one sentence in the Bible, I can compare it with other translations. Then I get the real message behind the verse. And I can see which translation is actually far from the idea and which translation is actually close to it. So if you want to really study at home, I would suggest get an eSword Bible. I believe there are so many other types of Bible versions that you could use. I, I've heard a lot of people use different types of Bible versions, but for me, eSword is okay for me. And then on the phone, um, I get, um, what do they call this? I got the open Bible. But um, also some of us, sometimes we want to know the Greek words that were used or the Hebrew words that were used to translate some words in the Bible. So we have this on eSword, it's called KJV Plus. It has the concordance. I mean, I mean, maybe in another podcast, I'm going to teach you how to use the concordance. I mean, but I don't want to make things too complex for you right now, especially if you're just a new believer who wants to study your Bible and get a message. So concordance is actually for more advanced if you want to learn the Greek words, what the Greek words meant, the, using the Strong's concordance and all that. But for now, let, let's keep that aside. So I use the eSword and I use the Open Bible. So now, if you're going to be staying tuned to this podcast and you're going to continue to listen, then I will suggest that every time you listen, make sure that you have a Bible with you. There's a reason I'm saying this. You need to have your Bible with you. Why? Because I will be quoting some scriptures and I do not want you to make the same mistake that people have made over the years where they hear Bible quotations from people and they just take it like that. They don't even know if it's in the Bible. So you find a lot of people just believe the Bible based on what they heard from their mom, from the father, from the pastor, or for some from sermon somewhere, and they don't really know where it is in the Bible. And that's really very bad for a Christian. Actually, that's too bad for a Christian. So if you're going to listen to this podcast, in order not to be part of that, you really want to set your life. I and mean, one of the reasons you're listening to this podcast is because you want to get your life serious with God. I mean... You want to deepen your relationship with God and understanding of the Bible. So I would advise you to have a Bible close to you, even if it's on your mobile phone. So you have your earpiece on, or if you're at home, plug in the earpiece and get your Bible. So I'm going to ask you to get your Bible now. If you can, if you can, just pause this podcast. When you get home, pick up your Bible, and then let's start this reading. Okay, so for today, as I'm going forward into how to study the Bible, I'm, I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna read from a particular the scripture in the book of Acts. Uh, for those of you who are new to the Bible, the book of Acts is in the New Testament section of your Bible, and it's just right after the book of John, the Gospel of John. 
So, in the book of Acts, um, chapter 8, verse 13. Now, before I go further, understand something. Um, the Bible was not written in verses. The Bible was not written in chapters. Most of the parts, most of the books in the Bible were written like letters. Most probably in paragraphs, but not in chapters. One of the reasons chapters were used and verses were used to number the Bible was for proper referencing and also for memorization. So you don't you don't, don't think when, when Paul was writing anything, it was written in chapters. So Paul says this is chapter two. No, this is no. Chapters and verses were added for proper referencing and for understanding and also memorization. So yeah. So we have Acts chapter 8 verse 13. Last time I mentioned that the book of Acts was written by Luke. And Luke was uh, documenting this to show the Acts of the Apostles and the things that happened after they believed in Jesus Christ. What happened after that and how the Holy Spirit helped them. So, But there's a part, before I'm going to go into all those details, because we're going to take different books of the Bible. We have a long journey to go here and I'm hoping that you're going to stay tuned all through that. We have a long journey to go. Yeah, so the book of Acts in chapter 8 verse 13, something happened here. Um, there's this man, uh, there's this man called Philip, who the, the angel of the Lord said to him in verse 26 to go to the south of the road, the desert of the road. That goes down to Jerusalem in Gaza. And then as he went there, he found an Ethiopian eunuch. And this man was an official rather in charge of all the treasury for the queen of Ethiopia. That this is Africa mentioned in the Bible. Actually, that's true. This guy came from Africa and he was there in Jerusalem. He came to Jerusalem to worship and he was an important man. Some people say he was the first person to get born again to bring the gospel to Africa. On uh, uh, Contrary to popular beliefs that the white people brought the gospel to Africa, um, it was believed here that this man was one of the first set of people to get converted and then take the gospel to Africa through Ethiopia. But hey, that's for history. Now, he was in charge of the um, queen uh, treasury of the queen of Ethiopia. And then on his way home, in verse 28, the Bible says he was sitting on his chariot reading the book of the Isaiah, the prophet. He was reading, reading rather the book of Isaiah. And... The Spirit told Philip to go and go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, I'm reading from NIV, New International Version. Now, in 30, the Bible says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. This man apparently was reading a particular prophet, a particular part in the Bible. And then Philip asked the question, Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. And then the man says, how can I accept someone explains it to me? Now, this is why I keep saying there's a difference between literacy, uh, the ability to read and write, and comprehension. Many people read the Bible because they can actually read and write. They can read, understand words, but sadly, not very many people understand what they read. So we have so many um, Christians or in quote believers 
who have the Bible, they read it so religiously. I mean, if you come from the part of, of the world that I come from in Nigeria, there is a lot of them who are so religious and studying. You find them, let me use the word reading, not studying actually. You find them wake up in the morning, you say, I read my Bible. Oh, I read my Bible before I go to sleep. I read my Bible when I wake up. And then when you really ask this question like, do you understand what you read? What did you actually read? It's hard for them to make sense of it. Why? Because it is possible to read wrong. It is possible to read words and not get the message. Have you ever had times where, I'm sure this has happened to you before, where you're reading something but your mind isn't there. Your brain is reading it. Actually, you could be reading it aloud, but your mind is not there. You're thinking of something else, but you're still reading. Your mind goes far away and you don't even remember what you read. Why? Because you have the ability to read and write at that moment, that's what's working, but your comprehension skills, gone. I mean, it's zero. Yep. So, that's the problem here. Many people read the Bible, they read, and just like this Ethiopian eunuch who wasn't a believer, they do not understand what they read. And usually that's the problem. And this causes a whole lot of issues and this is what leads to taking scriptures out of context or this is what leads to quoting scriptures out of context and this is this is this is actually very popular in africa very popular you find millions of people quoting scriptures out of context and they expect god to be this person who responds to them just because they quote the scriptures. I mean, a lot of people just, you, you hear the same things like, hey, it's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, then I believe it. I mean, it's in the Bible, but are you using it right? That's the question. Okay, I'm going to give you some examples of some scriptures that have been taken out of context. Now, see, let's see Job 22. The book of Job 22. Job, 20, Job is in the Old Testament, right after the book of Esther. So the book of Job 22, I'm going to show you something. Now in Job 22 verse 28, something happened there. Now, um, if I read, you see why I talk about versions of the Bible. You're going to see why I talk about having different versions of the Bible. Now, if I read Job 22 verse 28, in King James Version, you see things like, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now, the part where it says, you shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. Now, hold that. Now, you see, somebody reads that part, and then it says, what God is saying here is, anything that I say, that I decree, is going to happen. So, you find them, um, you, you find them decreeing, Crazy things, crazy things like, oh my God, I just need a Benz right now. And God, I decree in the name of Jesus that I'm going to get a Mercedes Benz because your word says that I will decree a thing and it shall be established. I mean, that's actually taking scripture out of context, really, because it's right there in the Bible for real. Truth, truthfully, it's in the Bible, but is that what it meant? Was that what it actually meant? Was that a context in which it was used? Was that what God was speaking about? Do you understand? So, uh, but if you read in, a, uh, in NIV, NIV says, what you decide on will be done. 
If you read in NLT, NLT says you will succeed in whatever you choose to do. Are you seeing the differences? Are you getting the message behind that verse? But first here though, even though the, I'm, I'm going to explain this later, much later in the podcast, but one of the wrongest ways to read the Bible is to start to pick verses from the middle. We're going to talk about this later. Now, there's another part of the scripture that is commonly, I mean, from the, in the part of the, uh, in Nigeria where I'm from, commonly misused is Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah is one of the most misquoted scriptures. I, I mean, seriously, people use it for crazy things that I'm wondering, oh God, God, did you write the scripture for this? Isaiah 45 verse 11. Look at what he says. Read King James Version and see what happens. In King James Version, he says, Thus he the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his maker. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Now, you see, when I read this in King James versions, Version, rather, it has a full stop. It almost looks like God is saying here, ask me of anything. Concerning the works of my hand, command me. And then you find people in Africa say, God says in the Bible that we should command him. So we're going to command him. Oh God, I command you to bring money to my house. Oh God, I command you. <laughs> the actual problem here is, is this what the Bible, is this what the Bible is actually, is this what the Bible actually is saying? Look at this Isaiah 45, 11. If I read in NIV, New International Version, the Bible says, this is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker. Concerning things to come, do you question me about my children? Or do you give me orders about the work of my hands? Can you see this is a question? NIV makes that particular verse make more sense. NLT, same thing. It says, this is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and your Creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? Clearly, this verse is talking about the unquenched, un, excuse me, that word, unquestionable nature of God, the sovereignty of God. Would you question what he does? Would you question his counsel? Would you question concerning his children? He wasn't giving any instruction for you to command him. That's what it means to take scripture out of context. And then another part is Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43 verse 4. Now see this, it says, if you read in King James Version, it says, Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee, and people for thy life. People take this in Africa most of the times and say, God is going to kill people for my sake. So they pray, God, if, if you need to kill anybody in my family, kill them for me to make it. God is not a witch. He is not a sorcerer. And he is not clearly after the death of anyone. Somebody heard that and they say, hey, but God instructed people to kill in the Old Testament. We'll talk about that in the further series of this part. I'm going to explain so many things to you. But here, that's not what God is saying here. So when we take scriptures out of context, it really affects how we see things. It affects how we believe. And we read wrongly. But look at what happened in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. In Acts 17, verse 11, um, Paul and Silas went to 
Berea to preach the gospel. And when they got to Berea, they went into the Jewish synagogue to preach to these people. These guys were not believers. These guys were just coming to listen to the gospel. And then in verse 11, the Bible says, These were noble more than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now you see, these guys listen to the sermon from Paul and Silas. Obviously, they got to hear of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, but they didn't stop there. Every claim that Paul made, every claim made by the preacher, they went back home to search if these things were true. And the Bible says in in, in verse 12, many of them believed. Many of them believed. Why? I believe a lot of it came out from the fact that when they went back home, when they searched through the scriptures, they found out that these things were true, then they believed. And I believe this is the kind of approach that we should have towards our relationship with God and Christianity in general. I mean, don't take, even when, even me preaching today, don't take everything that I say, don't take my word for it. Go back to the Bible and see it for yourself. That is going to be your first step to liberation from bondage. That is going to be your first step to real spiritual growth, where your knowledge is actually empowered or edified. Why? Because a lot of people just... I love this pastor, I worship this pastor, I like him so much, he can never go wrong. Whatever he says goes. You're not going to grow. You're only going to end up becoming a mirror of your pastor. You're only going to end up becoming, I mean, a mini, a mini me of your pastor. That's what's going to be. You're not going to be a person of your own self who understands the Bible. The Bible says in 1 Peter says we must be able to give answers when people question us concerning our faith. Can you give answers when people ask about your faith? When people ask you and say, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Can you give a defense? When people say, why do you believe in the Bible? Can you stand strong in it? Or are you going to look forward to your pastor? I have a lot of people whose, whenever questions come up, whenever things come up, they don't have time to study, but then they pick up the phone, they want to call the pastor. Hey, pastor, I've got a question. Somebody asked me this. Can you please answer them? Because I don't know where it is in the Bible. It is your job as a believer to get acquainted with the Bible. That way we're going to stop people who have so many misconceptions and have written so many theories, uh, theories that are unfounded because they have refused to actually study the Bible for what it is. So yeah, this is one of the major reasons why I said, get your own Bible and start studying yourself. Get different translations. If you have a mobile phone, like I said, open Bible. If you have a laptop, eSword, or many other versions, sit down and study. So now today I'm going to be talking about how do you start reading the Bible. First thing is, do not read the Bible in a rush. This is really, really important. Do not approach the Bible like some religious ritual that you have to fulfill every morning. 
I mean, if reading the Bible in the morning doesn't work for you, now this is me personally, this is my personal advice. If reading the Bible in the morning doesn't really work for you early in the morning, find the best time that is going to give you the best focus to study. Do not approach it in a rush. The Bible is not a religious ritual. It was there for us to have a certain understanding, which I will talk about later on also. But first, don't approach it in a rush. It's not something you wake up early in the morning and then you pick it up and then you see Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, no, and you read that and then you close it, Father, I thank you, I read your Bible today. And when you go to work and somebody says, what did you do this morning? Oh, I read my Bible. That's not what it's about. It's mostly about you understanding what you read. Do not approach the Bible in a rush. Actually read it. Sit down to read. I'd prefer that you give three hours or four hours in a week actually reading your Bible than spending 30 minutes every day rushing through it and not remembering anything that you read. Some of you people grew up in Christian homes where you had memory verses. You, you always have these memory verses that you recite all over and over and over and over again. But when you grow up, you realize that you only knew the memory verse, but you never really knew the meaning of what you were memorizing. A lot of people know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They can read that. I mean, people can quote Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. They can quote it from A to Z. But they have no understanding of what they're quoting. So you grow up and then you actually understand, oh, this is what he meant when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's why it's important to actually read the Bible. Devote time to read the Bible. And also when you're reading, make sure that you're actually studying it. You're, you're reading and you're reading to understand that, oh, okay, this is this is this part uh okay i'm trying to understand this part you know just like when you read for your examinations and you're going to i mean you're having an exam and then you want to study for a course you go there you actually want to read to understand uh, of course there are some students who don't read to understand they read to pass the examination i was one of those students they just put the things in their head and then after the exam when you ask them how was the exam? It was fine. Okay, can you repeat what you wrote in this part? It's gone. They've forgotten everything they read because it was only for the exam. But I'm not talking about reading like that. I'm saying read the Bible. Spend time with it. Do not see it as a religious ritual. You know what? I'm going to say something to you. God isn't going to love you any less if you don't read your Bible every day. That's the truth. He's not going to love you any less. He loves you already in Christ Jesus. So what you do or what you don't do is not going to affect that. But you need to make sense of what you're doing. And the only way you can make sense of what you're doing is when you take time. You know, reading the Bible is not something that you should be ashamed of, one. And it's not something that you rush into. It's something that you should take seriously because that's where a whole lot of your Christian life is mapped out that's where a whole lot of the reason for your living on earth is mapped out you got to see the Bible as your manual and if it's your manual you read to understand many years ago 
And my father would come home with when he bought a new CD player, which was a three disc changer. It was it was awesome. But whenever he'll buy any new electronic, I go straight for the manual and I sit down and I spend close to an hour reading the manual. And once I understand the manual, I become the boss in the house. I mean, they just say, hey, something is wrong. I say, hey, I know what's going on. Why? Because I've read the manual and I understood it. But you find people don't even read manuals and then they make they mess up the whole electronic and then they have to take it back for fixing and then the, the company says it was your fault you didn't read the manual it's the same thing with the bible many of us gate crash in life we gate crash through life we mess up our lives because we're not acquainted with the manual that god has already mapped out for us because we fail to read to understand it so yeah always read the bible to understand so don't rush through it first. Don't rush through it. Understand that there are different translations. It would be nice if you really want to study to have about three, two to three translations available to you so you can compare the verses and chapters and you can get the true, uh, the true message in the chapter. And then now, also I need you to understand that every book in the Bible was, all, was written by someone or has an author. It is important that you know question you should ask yourself is who wrote this part that i'm reading who wrote it and who is he writing it to this is this is very important who wrote the bible who wrote that part? not the bible actually who wrote the book and who is he writing it to i give an example the book of corinthians first and second corinthians it didn't drop out of the sky the book of uh, First and Second Corinthians was written by Paul. Now, Paul, we know, was a preacher of the gospel, was an apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he wrote this particular part of the Bible to the people in Corinth who had believed in the gospel. Now, the readers or the receivers of this letter are the people in Corinth, and Corinth is a place that had a culture. They had a lifestyle. They had so many things. And if Paul is going to speak to them, he's going to speak to them based on their context. That's the third part you need to learn. Context. What setting is this particular writer addressing? On in which setting is he writing this letter? So Paul is writing to the Corinth church. So a lot of things he's going to be talking to the Corinth people are going to be related to, the, uh, to, to settings within Corinth. You need to understand that. If you fail to understand that, it's going to be a big problem. I'll give another example. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, or I'm the bread from heaven, and he's speaking to the Pharisees, he's speaking to the Jews, and then you wonder, why did he use bread? Why did he use bread? One, because bread is a popular Middle Eastern staple food. If you, if, you, if, you, if you live around the Middle Eastern areas, I, I'm, I'm currently living in the Middle Eastern um, Middle Eastern area, I mean, and bread is a staple food. I mean, they eat bread with almost anything. So it's a basic food for them. And so when Jesus is trying to pass a message, he's using their context to pass a message. And the Pharisees and the Jews also, because they come from the time of Moses, when there was manna that fell from heaven, when the people were walking out of Egypt in the wilderness, now they're familiar with these terms. So when Jesus uses it, he uses their context. 
So I believe, we've discussed in our church and our Bible study, I believe that if Jesus was speaking to Nigerians, for instance, and he wanted to say, he wouldn't say I'm the bread of life. He's going to say I'm the jollof rice of life because jollof rice is like our staple food in Nigeria. So he's going to say I'm the jollof rice of life. Why? Because that's a food we're going to be more, um, we're going to be more familiar with. So this is what you must understand. First, do not rush to read the Bible. Don't rush. Get two to three translations. I use KJV, NIV, NLT most of the times. There are other translations like Amplified, The Message, but I'm mostly on KJV, NIV, and NLT. And when you get this, understand that somebody wrote this part. Who wrote this particular book that I'm reading in the Bible? Who did he write it to? And what context, in what context, in what setting did he write this particular book? And what is he addressing? This will help you to understand the Bible better. This is why I always advise, do not start reading Bible with verses. Start from the beginning. So if you're going to read the book of Romans, for instance, do not start from Romans chapter 8 because you want to be religious. No, start from Romans chapter 1, the beginning. Do not read it like chapter, read it like a letter first. So if I'm reading the book of Matthew, I'm not going to read it like chapter 1, chapter 2. No, I'm reading the whole book to understand the story. So if I go to the book of Joshua, or rather I go to the book of Job, I don't start from Job 32 or Job 33. No, I go to Job 1 and I start reading. So, first and foremost, I'm going to give you something to do now. I need you to pick a book of the Bible. And I need you to start reading it with this guidelines that I've given. Get in translations. Pick any book, any book in the Bible that's of interest to you. And start with this approach. Say, God, I do not want to rush. I want to take it slow. I truly want to understand this book. So, for instance, you pick the, the book of, of John. Let's pick a, a short book, the book of Jude. Or you pick the book of uh, James or, I mean, one of those books in the, or you go to the Old Testament and you pick, you pick the book of Genesis, for instance. And then you say, God, I actually don't want to study religiously. I just want to read to have an understanding. What is this book talking about? Approach it like you're about to read a novel. So you pick the Bible. Do not rush. Take your time. Fix a time for this. It is good to fix a time to read your Bible. Now fix a time for this. Don't rush and then start from the beginning. So as you're starting from the beginning, some Bibles come with commentaries on who wrote the Bible and how the book of the Bible came about. So start with that from the beginning. Learn who wrote this particular book, who wrote it, and then also learn, okay, who was he writing it to and in what setting was he? So when you see that, then you start reading. Oh, it makes more sense. He wrote this in this time. He wrote this to this set of people. This was a certain... I used an example the last time when I talked about, in the last podcast, when I talked about children in class. And if I say, students in my class are making hell of noise. And I tell them from now and forth, you raise your hand before you speak. Now, if you're going to read that report five years from now, you're going to understand that, hey, Rizwan was in a class. And then the class was noisy. That was the setting. And then the students were in there. And he passed an instruction to the students. Now... I am the author, the students are the receivers or the readers. 
And then I told them, before you speak anytime in my class anymore, raise your hand. Now you see, I wasn't speaking to a general audience, I was speaking to a specific set of people. So you cannot take what Ridwan said in this class and then say, Ridwan says everybody in the world must raise their hand before speaking. Why? That's taking what I said out of context. You need to understand the setting where I gave the instruction. It was a time in life and then the class was noisy. But you can use the situation that happened when the class was noisy and I, has, and I asked the students to raise their hand. You can use the same similar approach in case you encounter a class that's noisy in the future. And then you say, Ridwan did this to the students in this time. I guess we could do the same because it worked then and it could work now. Now you see, that's different. But it's different from taking my words out of context because when I was speaking to the students in the class, I wasn't speaking to 10 years from now. I was speaking to these people as at now. You see that? So that's how you should approach it. So for today's podcast, it's just to help you in beginning your journey to reading the Bible. Now, I'd like to hear from you. If you picked a book, send me an email or comment on the podcast or send an email to faithleaving.cast at gmail.com. Share with me, what did you read? What did you find out? And maybe I'm going to read some of the emails when I come on the next podcast. Or if you have questions, just mail them to me and I'll be glad to answer them. I hope you've been blessed by this podcast and I'm going to see you for the next one in very, very soon. All right. Take care and have a wonderful, wonderful day.